answer the question that wasn't being asked. Yep. It's okay. You have when, coffee now. What would you want me to... <laughs> when can I start talking about small groups now? Not small no. groups. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So story of my sweet little grandma. Juanita Bruce Ely. Um, Juanita Bird Bruce Ely. Should related I... to Father Rusty Bruce? No, but me and um, Father Bruce probably are related somewhere back in the line. These Scottish people. The Scots. Um, no, but she was from West Virginia. Grew up in West Virginia. And um, she had a lot of great stories, but one of my favorites that I actually was alive and present for. Um, we got her one of those, like, wait, this is way back in the 90s when, like, electronic games were just becoming a thing. We got her one of those Bible games where it's got, like, the two lines of letters and that you can, like, see. And then it's got, like, an A, B, or C button at the bottom. And so it had, like, we were so impressed because we found this thing. It had, like, 2,000 questions about the Bible on it. And, you know, it's going to take you so long to do this, Grandma. But, like, you, you love these sort of things. And we used to visit her every other weekend because she lived in Hialeah. And so we made the drive, like two weeks after we got it for her for Christmas. And we were like, Grandma, do you like your game? Are you still playing it? She goes, I finished it. <laughs> like, sis was biblically on point. She knew her nice. stuff. I mean, my, my, my dad and my aunt's names are Rule and Rhoda. Both biblical names. Yeah. But the most obscure that you could possibly yeah. find. Yeah. <laughs> So that's my story. Well, that, Grandma Ely. That was like those days. That was like when everybody had those little fishing games. <laughs> that were like the little handheld electronic fishing games that yeah, like you re it. you actually reeled. Yep, that was basically the same I idea. Remember that? Um, I remember the. They're uh, always shaped like the thing you were playing. Yeah. So like the yeah. Bible one was shaped like the page of a book. Yeah. Which was ridiculous. It's also with like <laughs> computers at that time when you were getting games on them. Oh, yep. It was like... A CD-ROM. Yeah, you could do the CD-ROM game, and like it was like, who wants to be a millionaire? Mm -hmm. And you always felt cool, because after you played it a million times, and you've learned all of the all words the on it, you just like, boop, 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 I'm a millionaire! <laughs> Look at that! I just won! And it's like... Absolutely not. You also risked everything repeatedly. Like, you wouldn't have actually done that. No. The first time you play is the legit way for yeah. that one. So. It's, like, it's like a computer game of deal, deal or no deal. I don't know if anybody's ever won that game. Deal or no deal? Yeah, I don't know if anybody ever walked away with a million dollars in it. <clears throat> I wouldn't know. That wasn't our That wasn't our late night TV watch. Ours was Jeopardy. Jeopardy? Mm -hmm. Whoa. Late night? I mean, not late for me and my family, dude. Okay, so <laughs> two, like 3.30 in the afternoon was late? No, like 5.30 or 6. Jeopardy? Yeah, it would come on around then. Oh. Or at least we could watch the re-recording from the oh. day before. Okay. Yeah, my dad used to beat the tar out of all of us. And we kept telling him, you need to go audition for Jeopardy. And he just, he was like, no, no. He's too gentle. My dad's too gentle of a human. Yeah, we weren't. He, we would, weren't. he would be too nice. <laughs> oh, we weren't. We weren't game show people. Except when I would go to my grandma's house and watch Price is Right. I think, everybody, um, I think everybody would that was like with a babysitter watched Price a little prices right. right yep or a wheel of fortune grandma was wheel of fortune grandma <laughs> was definitely 6 p.m wheel of fortune right after the five o'clock news mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. wheel of fortune before whatever the prime time is coming on yep mm -hmm. grandma o'rourke was wheel of fortune grandma ely was dolphins games on repeat let's go all the time let's go this is her living room god bless juanita ely may she rest in peace um, her living room was the tackiest living room in the world because of the fact of what colors the Miami Dolphins are. They like, are ugly colors. Horrible color. <laughs> look, I'm a. I'm you a, could I'm, not be tacky. I'm the biggest LSU fan in the world, but purple is a, a purple and yellow. That's a obnoxious purple and yellow are ugly. Orange colors. and blue. What the heck are you gonna do with that? Yeah, but that's just disgusting. Regardless. <laughs> You're orange and blue, and you name the Gators. They're green. That doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Get out. Oh, yep. I'm that guy. I'll be mad at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just saying. Lord. Well, speaking of disagreeing. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the best segue that we had. That yeah. was a good one. That was a good one. Um, hey, y'all. This is Boost Podcast. Uh, Jen Ely here with Father JD. 
you uh, won't know this, but this is the third time we've tried to record this. We're both a little bit tired. The banter uh, is best just now. That was the best banter we've it had It was today. good. That I think it's because banter. we're just real, real tired. I think as we were hearing stories about Grandma Ely. Grandma Ely. Rest in peace. Oh, I'll tell you the next one about um, about Thanksgiving. Okay, we'll do that next time. Next time. Mm. So she's she's a wealth something of to look forward to. She's a wealth Let's of throw that teaser out there. Yeah. Grandma Ely yeah, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving edition. Um <laughs> but today so this is our to- hot topics episode of the Boost podcast. Um and yeah. Sorry, that was that was really bad. We are drinking hot <laughs> coffee um to keep ourselves awake. But we normally do kind of a secular topic, a church topic, and then something spiritual for you guys to munch on throughout the week. Um, that was a weird way of saying that, but whatever. It, this time, though... It's also getting to lunch, so we got food on yeah, our Yeah, I know, food bit. and tired, and I have a final to take. Oh, Lord. Um, but we this time we were kind of like spitballing about topics, and there was one that came up that actually kind of covers most all of that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of... Um, it talks a little bit about our secular lives, a little bit about what it is to live a Catholic life, um, and a little bit about like how spiritually this topic affects us. Which, what's our topic, Father JD? Hit him with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how you buy time whenever you get the light thrown on you. Uh, I forgot. Uh, no, um, we're we're talking about vaccines today, mm-hmm. um, but particularly when it comes to the COVID nineteen vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not only talking about what's available, where it's available, those kind of things. Like we, we, we know all that. You right, go find that right. online, Google it and you'll get it. Your pharmacy that, has probably easy. been hounding you about right. where you can um, get it. Walmart. I just saw a thing. Walmart. I, I went to Walmart this morning. I walked in, um, free vaccines to no cost to you available. There's a little go sign. Go anytime. Like nice. show up, go get the vaccine, go get stuck in your arm. That kind right, of thing. Right. They, like they have, it's all, it's all over the place. It's all you hear and everybody talks about mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, anybody that's in a political space, anybody that's in a healthcare space, they're all oh, saying, yeah. go get the vaccine. Um, so there's two things that I think we have to talk about it from the church perspective and also just from like a, a moral perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is, is it permissible to get the vaccine? Mm-hmm. And the second, is it um, an imperative? Now let's break those words down. Yeah. So permissible meaning, um, can I get it and still be doing what it, upright, still, right. be, still be doing what the Catholic Church is expecting. Yeah. Right. Do I sin by getting the vaccine? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why this is called into question is because right now and on the market, there are three different vaccines and there's a four, well, two for sure, one that was kind of on and now off. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they put it back on. I think they on. have. Yeah. I think there was a 10 And then a phone. fourth that hasn't been on the market, at least in the U.S., but has been used abroad. Right. So your Moderna and your Pfizer vaccines are the two most popular that most people have gotten. Right. Those are the two dose vaccines. You do it a month apart. Mm-hmm. The third one is the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which is a single dose. Um, it was taken off the market because of some concerns of side effects, but mm-hmm. then I, it has it, been, yeah, it's it a 10 day pause and it has been approved to continue. And then the last one is the AstraZeneca vaccine, which has not been used in the U S yeah, I don't know. Um, where I don't know if it happened. has been approved by the FDA in the U S Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely has been used uh, abroad, like in other parts, yeah, of, other, in other other parts of the world. Indeed. So there, as of now, there are four vaccines that have been approved, and I, I'm, I'm assuming and, and thinking that there are going to be more that are going to be developed or, to get this rolling, right? Looks like, so I just Googled, because, I mean, why not? Four days ago, um, as of four days ago, AstraZeneca had not been authorized by U.S. Food and Drug Administration yet. Right. So... so so those are the vaccines. So the, the, the question was, is in the development of these vaccines, did they have fetal stem cells? Right? Yes. So, aborted, so the, 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 question, the question of its morality comes in. Um, when a fetus is aborted, that fetus has stem cells that could be used for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so take, basically, the, the abortion happens. They take the, the child that has been aborted. And basically, lack of a better word, kind of organ donor or harvest it. Yes, parts, they, they do. They harvest the. Um, and mm-hmm. it's 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 it's. I don't want to. I I don't want to be you know, too too ra- like too rough with the language. But, right. No, but it's. But that's it what's is happening. What is, yeah. So, but the thing is, is that it. And the reason why is because these things can be used in development of medicine and other things like. Yeah, that. there are other vaccines that, that in their development and their usual development with like the the actual like disease 
paired with other medications like to create the vaccine. I don't know very much about vaccines, y'all, so don't don't write it in right. me. I don't know about vaccines. I already know that. Um, but, but but there's a but there's a there at least the question of is it permissible to even get these vaccines has come up because of the because of using aborted uh, aborted fetal material mm-hmm. the stem cells in the development at various to various degrees some in its actual development some in the testing phases right and right. Else, and else, and otherwise so so that's the first question is mm-hmm. is it permissible mm-hmm. right the second fa- the second question that we're going to tackle today is um is it an imperative right so we we all know um it's been some let's say around 400 days now Mm -hmm. um since we've been on lockdown um it's been with 450 days let's say roughly since there's been a a pandemic that has been declared or or that has been just kind of like we've seen that this thing is growing Mm -hmm. right since january of 2020 been on our radar um right it's been there for a while um, we're we're 15 months in now to to the COVID event of the world. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people. There's been a lot of deaths worldwide. There have been a lot of people infected worldwide. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of things that have gone on. I know in in various degrees in our own families, we've all experienced this to some extent. Right. Whether that's burying a loved one, a grandparent, or a parent, um, somebody close to us being infected, those kind of mm-hmm. things. And the, the, the effects that come after the fact as well. Some right. people are suffering from after effects as right. well. Right. Uh, my dad still deals right. with some fatigue and things like that. that yeah, yeah. That can only be attributed to this. So there's there's some stuff that's attached to it, right? Like we've all been impacted in some way. And due to the degree of the global pandemic, mm-hmm. there has been a question of, is it imperative that you have to go and get this vaccine, right? right? right. And the church, like what's the, what's the church saying about... Is this an imperative? And, and logically, do we have to? Do we feel like we have to? Like, mm-hmm. should we feel like we have to? So, we, should we feel we're obliged? I right, think, obliged yeah, is to. a good word. So the same way, the same way that if we're asking the question of can I get this vaccine and be a good Catholic, mm-hmm. the, I think the the flip side of the coin is if I don't get this vaccine, it can I, I still, still be a, be a good, good Catholic? Catholic? Yeah, right. that's a good way of thinking about it. So that that's what we want to kind of try and tackle today. It's right, just right. all things vaccine. Um, and I, I'm going to preface it with this: I know that there's so much baggage mm-hmm. that has gone into this con that, that has gone into this conversation. Um, and I, I it, it's not lost on me that the last six months, eight months of, of everything about the vaccine, mm-hmm. it has been so polarized and so politicized yeah. that if I don't get the vaccine, I, 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 I think I'm on one a side certain of the line. candidate is better than another. Like, yeah. That's not the kind of discussion we're having today. No, 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 no. Um, because the reality is, is that everybody flipped their... Every, every single politician, every single person that had a, the talking heads on TV, all, mm-hmm. the, all, the, all the political type people that swim in that world, um, every one of them flipped their, their opinion at some point. Yeah. And I think too. And it, 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 you, most of it happened around January sixth, whenever a certain, another person, another party took office. Right. That it, everyone flipped their their ideas behind it. Right, and I think too we need to remember that that this sort of thing, um, as much as it has been politicized, it, what it really boils down to is those two questions of of morality. Right. Um, you know, as much as people want to either use this to elevate their platform or if they want to use it to tear down another one, like the final decision on your own personal life has to come from how you've developed your moral code and, right. and you know, how you how you have worked through this problem in your own intellect and in your own, you know, prayer. And it's it, 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 this is going back to the series that we did at the end of last year, mm-hmm. right? Like leading mm-hmm. up to the election. We, we want to form the conscience, right? Right. You want to make an informed decision with an informed conscience. Right, exactly. Right? So the, what we're hoping to do today is kind of to break open these two these two ideas, these two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. right? Do I have, can, do, is it okay for me to get this vaccine? And do I have to get this vaccine? Yeah. Those are the two questions that we kind of want to tackle, mainly just because that it's going to give you the information to make an informed decision. Right, right. right. Especially and, now that, at least in Louisiana, the vaccine is available for almost everyone. Yeah, everyone who, virtually everyone who can be affected by this, mm-hmm. by this, that, that can have statistically a, 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 a chance mm-hmm. or a risk of really having a bad side effect 
it's available to you right now. Exactly. Right. So if you're in the state of Louisiana, mm -hmm. you we want to give you the information so that you can make your informed decision to right. then go. And if you're listening to this from a different state, like any states that are still like um, in that process of the trickle down, then um, you know you'll have this information maybe when it's time to go. When it's time right. to go, right? So that first question of is it morally permissible? We you were talking about earlier, Father. It pertains to um, the the question of morality is around those aborted fetus stem cells right. um, and whether or not their usage means that this this or that vaccine is morally permissible to use so ultimately i think it's a it's a philosophical question mm -hmm. um now don't be scared of that <laughs> but i hate philosophy i, I know I, but, but i say that to anybody like right, right, when right. we hear the word philosophical question we're like oh my goodness what is it, it yeah it, you're about it, to go put on a toga but and, like, yeah, yeah outside and, on a rock yeah point up in the sky down to earth <laughs> that's a famous painting sorry aristotle and plato yeah. Um, but anyway, um, the, it's a philosophical discussion, I think, mm -hmm. that, that, that kind of takes, that has to take the lead on it. Right. Um, and the first thing we have to say, and, and, and I, it, it's a point that we have to come from, and it's a point that a lot of this, is, a lot of this stems from, but it, it's, it, it's a point that has to be made. Mm -hmm. We cannot do an evil act. Yes. No matter what the good consequences are. Yes. So, for example. The means do not justify it, the ends. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. You cannot justify the ends by means, right? Like, absolutely, you cannot do something evil to bring about something good, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, a, a, a popular one that's thrown around in philosophy classes, um, if you could take a time machine and go back and strangle baby Hitler. Honestly, it's a I question know, that it's happens. it's so bad, though. It's, it's, a, so it's, horrible. it's But it's a thought. But it's a thought. Mm -hmm. you, but you save 8 million people. Right. You cannot do an evil act to ensure to ensure something good, right? Right. right. It, it it it's an it, it's something that's immoral, mm -hmm. right? It's something we shouldn't do. Now, with that in mind, mm -hmm. another presupposition we have to come from, another thought we have to have, another thing, is that we cannot justify the means, right? Mm -hmm. But mitigate, but you, but certain ends can be mitigated. Right, 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 right. by other circumstances, mm -hmm. right? So the the permissible, what, if something is permissible or not, can be like it. The the end goal can be mitigated a little bit, right? Like the badness of it can mm -hmm. be mitigated because of the wider situation. Right, right. Um, I, this is going to make more sense in a second. Yeah, just, it is, yeah. <laughs> so the the reason why I say it because the first thing that happens with a lot of these stem cell questions, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Because stem cells are not only used in developments of vaccines, it's also these are also used in developments of, of treatments for cancer. Oh, yeah. And stem cell like stem cell research mm -hmm. that's going on. There's mm -hmm. a lot of things that are used. A lot of a lot of people that are pro stem cells, right? Pro fetal stem cells being used in these different areas of medicine. Mm -hmm. The question becomes well, a lot of them the reasoning is, well, abortions are happening. Right. So are we just going to let the stuff go to waste? Yeah, which is like the the worst kind of mindset. It's a, just it, it. But what it what it does is it implicitly just accepts that right, an evil act is taking evil. place, mm -hmm. and we can't do that. Right. We can't implicitly or explicitly accept the evil act. It's a very utilitarian mindset, um, right. which is always like I guess it's just it, a personal thing that it's just so it 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 is. It's so jarring to me mm -hmm. that that could be the mindset of like over half of the United States population that like, well, they're, it's useful. I'm like, yeah, but you murdered a person for that to be useful. Right. Um, so yeah. Like, so don't get me wrong. Uh, so a, uh, we might have, let's say we have five people that are in the, uh, in the, in the hospital. One needs a heart, one needs lungs, one needs mm -hmm. a kidney, one need both kidneys. Um, okay, cool. Um, and we just going to, you wouldn't randomly just pick a nurse and start harvesting organs. Right. To drop into this person. Mm-hmm. Right. But we, save five even, li but we save five lives for the sake of, and we only lost one. Or even. Whereas all five of these might die if we don't do that. Right. Or That's even. That's illegal. It's the same thing. It's more yeah. imp impermissible. Even worse, I've heard that argument used, um, not a nurse, but a murderer. Right. It, you it, know. So, it, right. So, but they're a murderer. I can harvest their organs. You absolutely cannot. Right. That person is still a person. Right. And it's, an, it's murder for the sake of saving someone else. You right. cannot do that. You can't that. do it. 
it, it doesn't work that way. Right. So, um, so the reason that we're talking about this is that is because not only are there other vaccines, like in the past, that have been developed using these these um, aborted fetus stem cells, um, but these particular vaccines that we're talking about today, some of some of them. Well, one of them particularly, I know, has been when it was in development, developed using those stem cells. Right. Which was which is the AstraZeneca um, vaccine. And I'm, I think Johnson and Johnson. Okay, that was the one I'm not. I, I'm I not 100 percent sure because Johnson and Johnson was a little bit late to the game. It was right. Um, I haven't heard but much. But Moderna, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca were the first three that kind of all came out in that November time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. They were the first three that kind of got publicized, and I think Johnson and Johnson though was got. I think it might be also in the same boat as AstraZeneca. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. All right. Might be if you know, we have to send us an email. Yeah. But... Might be have to, something we have to fact check. But I know for a fact that AstraZeneca, in the development yes. of it, so when they were actually coding the the vaccine, I, that's the best word I can use. I'm <laughs> yeah. not a medi- I'm not a medical we're not, person. We're not virologist. But I can do it from I, I can think of it from a philosophical standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's what my degree's in. It's not in medicine. Yep. So the so the in the actual development of it, mm-hmm. it was that these stem cells, these problematic lines of stem cells, were used in its development. So that's the AstraZeneca one. So it's 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 more problematic. Yes. So those those two are more problematic. The other the two, other two, Pfizer, Moderna, mm-hmm. it was used in the testing. Right. Which so, doesn't mean that it was developed at all exactly. using the stem cells, but rather they used because the stem cells are living. They right. used it. Um, they used it to be tested on them. Right. So. The, 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 there's a distinction there mm-hmm. because one is more uh, intrinsic to the actual develop to the actual existence of the vaccine. Right. Right. The other one is just to make sure that it, it works or not. Right. Uh, all of it is problematic because these lines of stem cells were used. Yes. But there is a hierarchy in which one's more problematic. Right. Than which others. one is more grave than the other? Right. Um, and so the the problem. Let's let's start with the Pfizer, the Pfizer and Moderna, because mm-hmm. those are the ones that a we're we're more familiar with because they're more permissible or they're more um, pervasive yeah. uh, in um, in the United States. So um, the Pfizer and Moderna that were not created using the stem cells but were tested on the stem cells, um, there there is something wrong there um, because the the use of the stem cells was was a wrong that is a moral evil. However, the vaccine in and of itself, the development is not, it was an amoral action. It, it mean, it was a good action, right. you know, it wasn't necessarily amoral, but it was a good action um, that carries no moral complications. Right. So, um, so that would mean when we're, when we're looking at the vaccines, when we're looking at these two in particular, that Moderna and Pfizer would be morally permissible. Now, again, that does not negate the fact that they used them in an improper way once they were developed in order to test them. Correct. But that has nothing to do with the vaccine in and of itself. So the, I think it's a, the question there becomes, is it a, I'm kind of pulling this language together. So I, I, <laughs> I think it makes sense. Um, it, the stem cells mm-hmm. were intrinsic in the development of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Right. It makes it more problematic. The stem cells are extrinsic. Mm-hmm. in the development and testing of the of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. Right. So it makes it less problematic. Right. The use of the stem cells at any point, because they're coming from aborted fetuses, mm-hmm. the use of the stem cells at any point makes it makes the makes the process problematic. Right. right. And uh, um one of our one of the priests from our diocese, Father Bryce Higginbotham, wrote mm-hmm. an article for our diocesan magazine, The Bayou Catholic, wherein he kind of compared the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines to an M4 gun, a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so an M4 is made in order to, for the military to you know, defend our country, to take care of the people in other countries, you know, to try to defend life. And so the gun in and of itself is not problematic when it's used properly. Correct. However, someone, of course, can get their hands on an M4 and go on a rampage or do something terrible, um, murder innocents, something like that. But that I mean, doesn't... Shoot a puppy. It doesn't oh, have... But I'm just, saying, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, it doesn't have to be a human being, but it could be It could be anything, any, anything right. That's morally impermissible. Yeah. I was trying to, like, leave it vague so I that know, I wasn't I'm thinking sorry. that <laughs> I'm shooting puppies. Sorry. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's the, um, the use of the weapon depends on who's using it as to whether or not it's a morally good or morally evil tool. But the tool in and of itself is not, it, it's not a bad weapon. It's just a weapon. Um, right. it's something that is, it's amoral. It's amoral. It doesn't have a, right. it doesn't, it's not moral one way or the other. Right. Moral or immoral. So, so that was what he used to kind of describe Moderna and Pfizer. Right. So that would mean, that would tell us that Moderna and Pfizer are morally permissible to get. I think I already said that, but just to yes. reiterate. Yes. Um, it's now, a good analogy though. It's yeah. Really good analogy. So, um, so then to, um, to go on to talking about the, um, possible implications of the AstraZeneca vaccine and. 90% likely the the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Um, so those two, most likely both of them, definitely AstraZeneca were developed using these aborted stem cells. And we've kind of already said like, this is a problem. This isn't morally permissible in the development stages, which means the end product is also not morally permissible. But one of the arguments that I've heard, Father, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot for a second here. Um, the question comes down to, for some people, okay, but these are, these are aborted stem cells from, 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 or sorry, these are stem cells from aborted children, but they are clones of those originally aborted stem cells. Why is that still problematic? Because the existence of a clone cell requires that there was a, was a source mm -hmm. to clone it from, mm -hmm. right? Um, still it's still it, without the abortion mm -hmm. these fetal stem cells don't exist right right whether it's in their current form or in a clone form they don't exist mm -hmm. so it's still it, it adds it, it, so it might be a step or two yeah after, it adds another step but, but it's still it's still the source started. of the entire thing right still comes from this was an abortion yeah it was an evil act mm -hmm. that brought about that so you cloned it and you cloned it again. It it, it doesn't matter. It's still the, the same action. cells that that are coming from an original that are being that are, the source of it is still right the the right the immoral act the, mm -hmm. the, the intrinsically evil act of right. abortion. So um, again, using the article from from Father Bryce, um, the uh, the argument is that whether. The argument is that while a person taking the vaccine today, like the, the AstraZeneca vaccine, would be benefiting from a grave evil done in the past, the person taking the vaccine today had nothing to do with the grave evil. Um, so that's kind of one of the arguments that's also kind of circulating. But when we know, when we know which ones we can take and which ones we should try to avoid, um, that kind of leads us towards which ones are more morally permissible. Um, so the whole, this, this, a lot of this discussion of the permissible, mm -hmm. which ones are permissible and which ones aren't, um, the Vatican actually came out with a statement. Right. And in that statement, which I think Father Bryce also hits in his article as yes. well, mm -hmm. um, essentially what, what it comes down to, and this is kind of the practical advice that I've been giving people after reading the statement, after reading the articles, mm -hmm. after kind of doing a little bit of research with it, um, essentially what we should do is, is we should avoid getting the AstraZeneca, mm -hmm. um, but it still is permissible because of the, this is where the mitigating of the yes. circumstances, like the circumstances mitigating our culpability, mm -hmm. right? Um, because of the situation we find ourselves in, yeah. because it is a global pandemic, because we have been locked down to some various degrees for the last 400 to 450 days, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, it, it's okay to get it because of the circumstances surrounding it. Right. So because of the last 400 to 450 days, we, we have the, we, we can say, like, it's been a long time. It's, the, the, the circumstances around us, um, the death, right, mm -hmm. that, that is possible, the, um, all of these discussions that have been going on, the, the economic impact, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's morally permissible for us to do it because at a certain point, you are kind of measuring it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, basically, the practical advice I've been giving people, though, is I say, look, when you go to the hospital, when you go to the doctor's office, when you go to the pharmacy, wherever you're going to get the vaccine, ask them. Yeah. What what vaccine do you have? Mm -hmm. And if they say Moderna or Pfizer, great. If they say they have AstraZeneca only, okay, get it begrudgingly and yeah. sad. Sadly, now it's not or, available in the United States. Right. Or maybe like or if they have around. a choice, yeah. if they have a choice, or if you have availability to either. Mm -hmm get the Moderna or Pfizer because it seems to be 
Moderna and Pfizer are less problematic right. than the other. Exactly. And I, I think because of the fact that this vaccine is free to, um, to everyone, you kind of have the option to, okay, well, maybe not my pharmacy, but maybe the pharmacy down the street or the CVS across the road or, right. you know, somewhere else where I can, you know, when I got mine, I, I went and I got the Pfizer from CVS, which like, praise God, I didn't have to like find another place but and because these are the, the reality is these are the two that are most the the two the two that are that are more more permissible and more okay mm -hmm. um are the two that are more widely available right which it's is easier to find astrazeneca is not even available in our country mm -hmm. and johnson johnson i did look it up at one point it is it is oh, it is compromised mm -hmm. um it's one shot yeah which some people if you have a if, if some people have issues with needles if some people have issues with needing you know, it faster needing it faster those mm -hmm. kind of things like i, I there's that just adds another thing into your calculus right if you will um but for the most part it's the one that's most likely the two that are most widely available are moderna and pfizer right and there there's um there's a little bit less of a problem with with that um right. moral permissibility so we've kind of looked at permissibility why don't we look a little bit at um uh the, the question of it being an imperative yeah so what are the moral imperatives of the church what are some of the things that we have to do. Now you really put me on a spot. I am. Um, Go to confession. Yeah, confession. Like so, the okay. tenets of the church, right? Would mm -hmm. say the confession once a year, mass once a uh, mass once a week, every Sunday. Um, communion once a year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. Serving the poor. Yeah, serving the poor, the corporate works of mercy, mm -hmm. those kind of things. Um, yeah, it, all of the things that it, it means to be a good Catholic. Right. Right. Um, you passed. Yeah, I think I did. It, 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 I stumbled through that one really beautifully. It's kind of like whenever the bishop would look at you and say, I have a question in front of people. I'm like, uh, oh, I hate uh, it. Yep. No. I you got, wanna, you stuck the landing, now. though. You got an 8.9. Oh, good deal. That, Although now the gymnastics scoring is really confusing. It's that darn so. German judge. It's the German judge. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's the French. It's I don't the, like. The French judge. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's certain things that we have to do as a, as right. a Christian, right, to say that we're living our life as a Christian. Right, and to live out our baptismal vows. Right, mm -hmm. like, it, to, to actually, it's the same way that in your, in, in a wedding vows, you have a, a way you're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a, there's an imperative that we have the right and the responsibility, if you will, in the church. Right, right, right. right? Um, right, right, exactly. Right. Huh. Responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. Can't say <laughs> Sorry. We're funny. So we have an imper we have imperatives in the church. So the question becomes, is this a moral imperative right. as well? Right. Um, the questions that might arise for someone who maybe doesn't feel comfortable getting the vaccine or doesn't want to get the vaccine would be, okay, but um, am I still taking care of my neighbor well? Am I still serving the people in the pew next to me? Am I um, going to be compromising the people around me in any particular way? Um, so those questions might come up to, to someone who's like on the fence or really doesn't want to get the vaccine, um, but is, is still trying to work through those moral kind of that, that quagmire. See, I think, I think there's a question even like, I know for my family, for example, I have, my grandparents are elderly. Yeah. Um, I have a grandmother who's 93. Yeah. The question is, do, do we get her the vaccine? Right. Do we risk it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, sure, there's, the, it seems like the side effects are minimal, I bet, like, minimal, a couple of hours, you're achy, mm -hmm. might be tired, might have a little bit of a fever, some people, it's, it's hitting where it's, okay, within a day, you're fine, yeah, um, some people have been bedridden for, for a little bit, mm -hmm. and they're, they're good to go, um, for our family, the question was, like, okay, 92-year-old woman who, like, it, like, it, do, do we even want to risk it? Right. We and want then, to take a chance. Like, yeah. At, at that point, it, are we doing something wrong? You have to kind of balance it yourself. Right. And then the question becomes, well, to keep her safe, to keep what we would call herd immunity um, around her, do we all need to get it? Right. Yeah. So you got to have these layers that you have to work through. And it has to be the question. The, the, and I, the, the thing about the immoral imperative, I don't, I, I don't think there is a strict yes that you have to get it. No, there's not. The church has, the, the Vatican has stated very explicitly that this is not a moral imperative, but they are highly encouraging. Exactly. People to because, because if we would say a strict yes, then you take out all of those other circumstances. Right, right. right. The circumstances of our life is going to dictate 
how we should or should not react to it, right? right. Like, especially when it comes to something as as personal and as private as our health. Right. So, for example, when uh, we had there was a there was a pharmacy in in Homa mm-hmm. that was very gracious to to offer a vaccine to all the priests. Right. Um, Tell and, yeah, take us through the process yeah. of your decision. So initially, like, so I got the vaccine. I, I've, I've been fully vaccinated for about two months. Um, but whenever I, whenever I was going through the, the, like when we got this email, they said they had 20 spots. Mm-hmm. Great. So we have 60, let's say 60 yeah, you have diocese, 60. That That's the guess, right? Mm-hmm. Roundabout number. Um, I know out of the 60 priests in our diocese that I am in the bottom third of eight of the age bracket. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So my first thought was those first 20 are going to go to anybody else that want it. Yep. The next 20. Mm-hmm. We, a couple of weeks later, we got a tech, we got an email again. Hey, 20, 20 more vaccines mm-hmm. if you want. Knowing that I was in the bottom third of that age bracket, I still didn't respond. I'm mm-hmm. 30, I'm 31. Yeah. I'm going to be 32. Like, I'm, I'm young. Right. I know that this categorically, that this, this virus has affected people over the age of 65 much mm-hmm. more than it has affected people under the age of 40 right at least and we right? and people with comorbidities which comorbidities, if you've heard like that. that word and you don't know what that means basically that means you have something else underlying you have an immunodeficiency you have, you have cardiac problems uh, you're overweight diabetes overweight diabetes, those kind of things right I'm, I'm 31 years old and i'm in i'm in relatively good health right exactly. so i don't have any i don't have anything mm-hmm. underneath right mm-hmm. great so in looking at that i said well i still i, I still went through the process of I'm not going to cut the line on anybody. Yeah. That, that's kind of how I thought about it. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of older priests. There are a lot of overweight priests. There are mm-hmm. a lot. I, I love my priest brothers, but they got a lot of fat priests. Anyway, um, priests are like chefs. You don't, you, you can't name any that you trust that aren't fat. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're dealing, we're, but we're going, like I'm going through this process, just kind of putting it together. And then I get a response, I get a text message from the bishop's secretary and, and she was saying, um, hey, do you want the vaccine? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't respond to the email because, and I explained my reasoning. And she said, well, we still have a couple of slots on this round. Right. At that point, I said, sure. And the reason why I said yes mm-hmm. is um, I was kind of reflecting on it. I look around. At the time, it was Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, coming to church, we had somewhere in the range of about 600 people a weekend. Mm-hmm. So I had about 600 people that I was coming in contact with yeah. on, a, on a weekly basis. Um, add in the 50 to 100 that I would run into just through the course of my week, mm-hmm. whether it be the gym, the store, the, right, maybe 50, 100, 200 people, mm-hmm. um, and throw in the possibility of getting a phone call and saying, hey, you, uh, we have we, we need some of you to come anoint somebody, and they have COVID. Yeah, the co- going to the COVID ward. So I've done, fifth, I've done probably, at its height, I was... It, it, now this is it's probably about six months since I had a COVID mm-hmm. uh, anointing, but when it was at its worst, yeah. when people were were dying from this and going on ventilators and not coming off and all yeah. these things, yeah, I, I probably did around fifteen anointings for people right. with COVID. I, I was taking priests, I was taking neighboring parishes parishioners yeah. who had COVID because they couldn't go because they had these immunodeficient issues right, or they right. were overweight or diabetes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was doing these things. I know I've been in the room with it about 15 times. Yeah. So with the, with the risk that I have just of the amount of people that I'm around, mm-hmm. the possibility I can get a phone call now to go anoint somebody with it. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, when it's my turn, I'm going to get it. Right. Right. And that was kind of how, at least in Louisiana, they were kind of distributing it. They kind of almost had like two lists. And and one of them was based on age outside of work. Like, Mm -hmm. so we started with our elderly and then we went to our immunocompromised who are still within the older age bracket. And we went down and down and down from there. And then the other kind of listing was like people whose jobs were, so like doctors and nurses, they're absolutely coming in contact. schools School teachers, right, service industry. And then, and then it kind of came down to, to you guys. Right. So that was important. That's important to keep in mind because it's part of your, it's part of your moral decision-making is, okay, what is my work? And and honestly, I know priests that, I know brother priest about my same age in good health mm -hmm. that decided not to get it. Yeah. And there's a, and, and honestly, when talking to them, I asked one of them about it, and one of them was saying, um, "Our age bracket, for the most part, has done okay. Ha- has done really, really well. Yeah, like not just okay. Like, like there's a 
there's a one in a, there's a one in ten thousand chance that I'm gonna be the one who really gets sick. Right. right. Like, in in our age bracket. Okay, understand that. Mm -hmm. Somebody said I I I saw you know I I um uh, I did my research there. I figured I'm fine. I don't really need to. You mm -hmm. know what? And I'm I'm not in a place that I have to go do the annoyings. Okay. That again right. it makes it. I, I live three blocks away from a hospital. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. there's a, there's a difference. There's a difference even in my circumstances. Right. Um. I have a 92 year old grandmother that I go mm -hmm. see. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I there's a difference in my circumstances. That's why I got it. Right. Some of these other guys, they didn't they didn't get it. And right. that's with completely within their purview. Absolutely. But that's where your own kind of calculus and your own kind of discernment goes into it of mm -hmm. what's my at risk stuff? I kinda saw it as, you know what? I probably would be okay. I was okay every time I went get mm -hmm. it. Every time I went do an anointing, I was fine. Mm -hmm. Come home, take the hot shower, you know, all the yeah, stuff that yeah. the, all the stuff that the doctor said close yeah. immediately into the washing machine. All those kind of things. Mm -hmm. I did everything like that that I was supposed to do, but I also recognize if I can get the little bit, if I can get the little bit of more insurance. Right, the ninety percent. If I'm one in ten thousand, okay. and with if I'm one in ten thousand without the vaccine, mm -hmm. with the vaccine, I'm one in a million. Like, yeah. Okay, great. For sure, do, yeah. You know. And I, I you know, um, for kind of a different perspective, I also got my vaccine, um, and I really don't interact with a whole lot of people throughout the day. I'm lonely. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so but the I, cats. Yeah, I just hang out with my cats all day. Um, no, but I, I mean, I come to work. Our staff is a very small staff. Um, I interact with, you know, my students in RCIA, which is like total of like 20, not even 20 people, like like 10, 10 people at the most that's, on a regular basis. And that's RCIA students and... Students and their and sponsors. sponsors. Um, but my... Um, my interaction levels are fairly low, but I have an underlying autoimmune disorder that actually started presenting itself more aggressively within the past six months. Um, and so for me, my, it wasn't a moral imperative for me to get it, but it was the safest possible thing for me, um, to, to do for myself, for my own health. So that's kind of factors in too. And also the fact that like, um, you know, if I want to see my parents, like you were saying, your, your grandmother is 92 years old. My parents are in really good health, but they're still in their 60s. Yeah. Um, and my parents are mid-60s. Right. And like still, you know, wanting to be able to see them, wanting to be able to see my little nieces, one of whom mm -hmm. is also possibly immunocompromised. Um, and the other one is less than two years old. I don't want to cause any sort of issue there if I want to see them, if I want to interact with them. Um, but... But since, you know, we live far apart and that would be a little bit less of, um, you know, a, a problem if we, or that would be more of a problem if we lived closer together. Um, I still decided to get it because of the fact of what's underlying and, and what I'm dealing with right now in my own medical issues. Yeah. So, um, yeah, none of this, just to, to I want to be very explicit. None of this is to virtue signal and mm -mm. like to say like, oh yeah, I got it, so you need to get it. No, no. I'm giving I'm giving my thought process, and right. you're giving your thought process. Very very simply, just to say this is why we made the decision, mm -hmm. and these are the things we considered. This is what I'm asking is is that anybody that is thinking of, or or even thinking of not getting the vaccine, mm -hmm. this is the kind of questions you should ask yourself. Right. This is the pr we're showing you the why? process so you can do right? the process. Yeah. Exactly. Yourself. Like, Absolutely. That that's the whole purpose, mm -hmm. right? Why are you choosing not to, or why are you choosing to? Right. I don't feel like you you don't have to defend it, but I think it's important no, but... for us to at least ask the question. Because if all we're basing getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine off, if we're only basing either getting it or not getting it off of what we're hearing on on social media, because of a commercial, mm -hmm. because of a, a talking head on TV, right? Um, whatever, like. I, I don't think we should base anything just off of that. No, we have to make our own decisions with our own exactly. like, questioning and our own moral compass. And just like we were talking about, again, with like voting a couple months ago. Exactly. That you just have to go through the process. And it's easier to just have someone like hand you a decision. Exactly. But it's not that we're better than that. Correct. Is basically all yeah. I can say. You yeah. know, we're we are better than that. We have our own mind. We have our own intellect. And so we let's should use it. Use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's use it. Let's not let it turn to mush. Um so to kind of wrap up, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was, at least in our diocese, so if you're listening from a different diocese, I'm sorry. We're just talking about our diocese for a second. Um, <laughs> come to our diocese. Come hang out. We're pretty fun. Cajuns are fun. We have, we have real estate 
in Sugarland Subdivision in Raceland, Louisiana. We got We'd love for you to move in. Real estate. We'd love um, you to move in. Come be a parishioner. Come hang out. Um, but one of the things that our bishop just came out with, because the the governor, well, the the day we're recording this, I think is like two or three days after the governor yeah, it was made on, that call. Today's Friday that we're recording, and the governor made the announcement. I think on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. So Tuesday press conference on Tuesday. Right. So Tuesday, Governor um, Bell Edwards made that call about lifting the mask mandate, and then within two days. Our bishop had met with the priest council and put a video out about his response to it, which is that the masks are no longer mandated within the church. They're highly encouraged, um, but the dispensation from Sunday mass still stands for those who are ill, who are immunocompromised. For who, anybody. For, the, well, for anybody, yeah. The obligation but, to attend Sunday mass is still dispensed. Right, 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 for anybody. Um, but I think he, if I remember correctly in the video, he made kind of a, a, a comment about like, yeah. If you're still feeling like you can't come because you're sick, because you're immunocompromised, um, yeah, that so, sort of thing. So the big thing was, is Bishop Fava is asking, he, he's starting, he's in our discussions, because um, I'm on the priest council. Um, oh, he fancy. Not really. He fancy, um, y'all. It's just another meeting. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it's another meeting that could have been an email? The church is, the church is exactly like at most organizations. We have meetings for meetings about meetings that then follow up meetings. With an extra meeting. Um, With an great. email on the side. Um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. But anyway, um, no, the, 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 I think the, the biggest thing to take away from it mm-hmm. um, is that Bishop Vob, while he, we're trying, basically the discussion was, we want to we remove every hurdle that people are dealing with mm. and not wanting to come back to church. Right. So before the pandemic, I'll be very explicit, we had, a, we had about a thousand people coming to church the, the October before the mm-hmm, pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that was around an LSU football season that was historic, and people, like, were skipping Saturday Mass, and the Saints were doing really well, so people were skipping Sunday Mass to go mm. watch football. I understand that. I recognize that. I see that. Anyway, but we were still we still had roughly 1,000 people coming to our church on the weekend. Right. Which is, a, which is great. It's a big number. It's, it's yeah. awesome for our area. It's beautiful um, to see a, a church that was pretty full. It's mm-hmm. 11 o'clock Mass pulling almost 600 people. Wow was awesome so that's what we were doing right before the pandemic mm-hmm. as of today we're averaging about 550 per weekend since since the beginning of Lent. Mm-hmm. um it has been on the up um we were around 400 to 450 yeah right when, you know when we first opened back up mm-hmm. at the beginning of school year during the spikes you know people were kind of worried but as the vaccines have rolled out mm-hmm. and people have gotten them I've been seeing people that said, "Before I'm fully vaccinated, and they're excited to be back in church." That's awesome. I think Bishop Fav is seeing, and and one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is, "I I I, I can't wear the mask, or my kids can't wear the mask, mm-hmm. so they haven't come." And I I understand that. Yeah. yeah. So I think Bishop Fav's heart on this is, uh, he wants to remove every hurdle. Yeah. To get us back to church. Now tell us a little bit about why that's important, because so many people have said. Oh, well, watching the Mass online is so wonderful, and I just, I love being able to tune in whenever I can and just watch Mass. Yeah. Um, what's the issue with that, though? So the two things, uh, the two things that I would say, first of all, um, because we, because as we have daily Mass and as we have Sunday Mass, um, the platform that we use to kind of help to disperse it sends us a report of how many people are actually watching. Um, that number has been on a steady decline. Since we since we came out of like the closet quarantining yeah. time, like when we were closet quarantine. Yeah, when we were doing when we were doing mass where no one was allowed, mm-hmm. that number was huge. Yeah. That number has been on a steady decline over the last year. Yeah, and within re- like it's understandable. It makes sense. We it it should be like we right people more people more people come in the church. Mm-hmm. Like it obviously it, it's going to be less people. Um, it is definitely not the amount of the numbers that I'm seeing are definitely not the 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 300 people that are missing from church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The 400 people are not all watching mass. Yeah. yeah. So I, I recognize that, and the reason I, I think the reason why people aren't watching um, is very simple. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's kind of awkward, mm-hmm. and it does. I don't really get anything out of it. Right. And there's a reason why. Because you shouldn't be getting out of anything out of t- mass on TV, right? Because our church, first and foremost, is a is a is an experiential, right? It, it, it's a sensual faith. It's a sacramental, right? It's sacramental thing. It's something that we can recognize. We not we may not grasp it completely, mm-hmm. right? Our senses fail 
to, to understand right. the mystery that is before us. Mm -hmm. But our worship is meant to be in person. Yeah, because right? it's because of it, what we're doing when we worship in person is we are affecting a visible sign of an invisible reality. Exactly. Because that's and that's what a sacrament is. That's in the definition of what a exactly. sacrament is. An efficacious sign instituted by Christ, Christ which trusted to the church by which divine life is dispensed to us. Exactly. Thank you. Have a nice day. That's what I used to tell my students, and Hashtag they would Baltimore Catechism freak out. Um, catechism point eleven thirty one okay. tells you everything you need to know about what a cat, what a sacrament is. So the way I, the way I've explained it to people, I said, um, you can liken this whole situation to a military deployment. Hmm. Um, think of it this way. Show your work. So think of it this way. Um, a, a soldier goes off, is mm -hmm. on the other side of the world, um, and he or she has a moment to be able to call his family, to call their family. Um, they might be able to do some video conferencing, mm -hmm. right? But they get to taste the relationship, they get to experience the relationship through a mitigated way, mm -hmm. right? Like through a medium. Yeah, yeah. A screen, a phone, a letter. Mm. Right, whatever generation you're from, they, that that's that's yeah, how it's yeah. that's how our military personnel communicate with their families back at home. Right? Yeah, they might even be able to call on their son's second birthday. Mm -hmm. You know, while they're in Afghanistan and mom and dad are in in Texas, whatever yeah. you know, right? And be able to even like celebrate and to be able to be happy and be able to be excited with them and mm -hmm. like watch them open presents or, or do these things right there, there's a possibility of being able to do that kind of thing but it's not the same as being there no no not at all it's a completely different experience right right when you can't talk when if a spouse is traveling or separated from another spouse you can talk on the phone and you can facetime you can do these things all you want it's not the same thing as getting a hug yes right you see what i'm saying like mm -hmm. it, there's a because the the physical ability to to be able to mm -hmm. express love and to be able to to be in communion with one another it's a completely different reality right. than something that's mediated everything you've ever learned and everything you've ever expressed you've done with your body right like no there's there, that's an objective fact you've either right. used something auditory you've read a book you've given a talk you've done something right. you've given a hug you've given a kiss um, you have expressed some sort of love for another person. You've never done that without your body. And so when we remove the bodily from our worship, we're not there to receive the graces of the mass. And we're Correct. not there particularly heartbreakingly. We're not there to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ that's present in the Eucharist. And that sacrament, that being the pinnacle sacrament of our Christian lives, um, it's both the source and the summit of our faith that changes us that 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 means that there's something that we need more than just to watch what's going on from afar so one of the things that i have that i have been saying since the beginning of all of this and i think is important um is we're gonna so we as our parish um for the time being are still going to continue to do our live streams mm -hmm. right to still put mass on facebook and things like that um, it has been something that I think our homebound appreciate mm -hmm. and some people, they just can't make it to mass right. on, on weekdays and things like I, it, it has been something that I think has been Absolutely. A, a beautiful way to out, reach out to those people. Um, but what we are going to start doing one to give everybody a heads up when the dispensation is lifted, mm -hmm. we are stopping the live stream. Yeah. It's not to say that we'll never live stream because mm -hmm. I do think there's a value in for our homebound, for example, oh, for sure on Christmas on Easter, yeah. on, on some of these big feasts, but we're also not going to do it, like for Christmas, for example, I'm not doing the first Christmas Eve Mass. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the last Christmas morning Mass. Yeah. Like it, yeah, or the midnight that. Mass. Mm -hmm. People that want to experience it, they can't. Mm -hmm. It'll be available to them. Right. But I, I'm, not, I'm not making it where, oh, well, you know what? I don't have to show up for this because I want to avoid the crowd. Conveniently, yeah. No. So just to give it, I'm just giving a heads up. Yeah. We want... So I think Bishop Fob in his in his in his uh, in in his uh, directive with the mask mm -hmm. was doing his best to invite people back as much as he could. Right. And quite honestly, I I echo it. Like come mm -hmm. back. There's there's we're doing we have done and continue to to keep our place safe. Um, we're following the experts mm -hmm. right uh, as much as we possibly can. Um, so we wanted we want to invite people back. As soon as you possibly can come back. Right. And if and if you're vaccinated and you feel comfortable coming back, 
Um, remember, like, what the bishop has said is that the mask is highly encouraged, but it's not necessary right. anymore. If that was what was holding you back, if you were just, my kids can't wear it, I can't wear it. Um, and also just kind of, I know that this, because of this dispensation, our Sundays have kind of probably taken on a different look and a different feel. Um, I highly encourage you, just like we were talking about earlier, of how to walk through the moral questions of the vaccine do the same thing with coming back to church like okay what's my real reason for not coming back to church is it because now we do my kids football or or soccer stuff on Sundays Mm -hmm. is it because we go to the camp every Sunday now and we just don't want to come back into town on time for for mass um or is it um is it because now because I've been away from the church for so long now these questions of, well, why am I even going are coming up, right. um, which is valid. That is absolutely valid. And I'm really glad that you're asking the questions. Come back and ask the questions. Talk to father, talk to me, talk to any of the people right. around, because we all, we can answer those questions and we want to. Ultimately, uh, ultimately this entire discussion, if, if you're somebody who was coming to church and like, okay, I've fallen out of the habit. Yeah. I understand it. Um, there was, to be completely honest, um, the, the, this is the last kind of analogy I'll make. <laughs> there was a, uh, I was talking to somebody, uh, I was actually talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago. It was another priest. Mm-hmm. And um, he asked me, he said something like, uh, how are you feeling about like people coming back? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I said the, I said the phrase, I said it this way. I said, um, in 2005, Hurricane Katrina some stats say that uh, Hurricane Katrina, in in three days, did thirty years worth of erosion. Wow. Um, so coastal erosion has been a problem. Mm-hmm. We lose somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty square miles a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I'm sorry. It's, yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to thirty square miles a year. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah, that's I, like I the high end. Thirty. Yeah, whatever the number is. So let's say it's ten square miles a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Hurricane Katrina in three days. It was three hundred and thirty square miles of land that fell back into the Gulf. That's insane. Yeah. So roughly 30 years happened in, in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, this is what I, this is the thing with, with our faith and the, with people coming back to church. I think I said, people already weren't coming back. Mm-hmm. People already were starting to fall away here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I fear that the last year was like those three days for Katrina. Yeah. That a lot of, that a lot of, ha- uh, uh, the whole process happened very, very quickly in a short period of time. Right, right. Right. So when I look at this, um, the best way for you to fight that trend, mm-hmm. to fight that current that might be happening, is to start this week. Yep. To start right now and say, we as a family are going back. Right. Um, if the other thing is, if you believe that your kids, if you will, if you want your kids to be church going people, mm-hmm. you have to be church going people. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many people are come to me with sacramental stuff who either say, I wish my parents had told me to go to church, um, or who are about to raise children in the Catholic faith. They're getting their children baptized and they're like, I don't even know where to start because we barely go to Sunday mass. Yep. So what what do I have to do now that has to change in order for my child to actually grow up with this faith? It will not make you a good Catholic coming to mass on Sunday. No. It, it will not make you a good Catholic, but it's going to be almost impossible to be a good Catholic without it. Yes. It's yeah. a, it's it's the easiest and for it's the easiest and most basic first step. Yes, is to come back to Sunday mass. Um, it's a, it's a moral imperative. It's not, it's not right now because of the dispensation, but, um, but it is something that we, we do out of obligation, not because we're just rule followers. Remember, we've talked about this so many times, but just as a reminder, like we're not doing this because we're just following a bunch of rules because it sounds good. And that's, that's, you know, we're all high and mighty on our, our rules, but because God has asked that of us as like, as a loving father asks something of his son, um, or of his daughter. And we, to show love in return, he says, this is what I want you to do. And we say, okay, we can do that. Um, in any relationship, there's, there aren't many relationships that would last with less than one hour a week being, mm-hmm. able to, being able to invest yourself in it. Yeah, yeah. So that's our episode on vaccines and coming back to mass and all that jazz. So if you have any questions, any concerns, any topics that you'd like us to talk about on our Hot Topics Week or any other of our podcasts, 
shoot us an email at sthillarychurch at htdiocese.org. And have a great week, y'all. Be good. Love Jesus. Um, all the good things. All the good things. All right. Talk to you later. Peace.